0: you would turn with me again tonight to Judges chapter 13. I've been thinking a great deal about men and women who go out to meet God in eternity without Christ as their substitute. I can remember as a young boy being told that not to look directly at the sun, S-U-N, or I could go blind. But I'm talking about what happens to those who are spiritually blind, looking in the face of the sun, S-O-N, and being able to live. God's justice will forever condemn them if they're without a suitable sacrifice. And there's only one suitable sacrifice. In Exodus chapter 33, as you well know, Moses desired to see the glory of the Lord. And God said, You can't see my face and live. I'm too holy. No man or woman can. So I suppose the first question we should ask is, where is God's glory found? Well, it's found in the face of Jesus Christ. How do we see the glory of God? There's only one way. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, where? In the face of Jesus Christ. If you've seen Christ, you've seen God's glory. The very one that we cannot look in the face of and live is the very one we must look into the face of to live. God's glory is found looking into Christ's face. Yet no man can look upon his face and live. So the question is, How can we look into Christ's face, which is life? How can we uh, look to Him without being consumed in wrath and judgment? That's That's a good question. And the answer is not only urgent, it's critical. And the answer is the gospel it's the good news to sinners. And I believe the verses before us tonight answer that question. I want us to look at a few things before we consider that question. How can a man look at God and live? That's the question. May God be pleased by his mercy and his grace to show us once again Christ. Isn't that how faith comes? By hearing and hearing. And I might add, and hearing and hearing. The Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So before we can really have any understanding on how we can have life by looking to Christ, we must first see how we can look to Him and live. We must understand who this was that appeared to Manoah and his wife. No doubt in my mind that this angel was a pre-incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we... Saw in our last study, this angel, this messenger of God, first came into the woman. And if the Lord reveals this to you, it's because you are part of the church and the bride of Christ. God appears to spiritually barren sinners, as Manoah's wife was, as many of the women in Scripture were, who have no life within them, and He reveals Himself to them, and He gives them life. Mm-hmm goes for all who are barren, and we all are by nature. Look at verse 11. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that speakest unto the woman? And as we saw, and he said, I am. I am. I am that I am. (laughs) And though this angel was not a man, yet appearing in the form was taken to be a man, I remind you that Jesus Christ is the God-man. He's not 50% God and 50% man. He's all God and He's all man. There's never been another one like Him. And that's what He had to be in order to redeem us. He had to be God and He had to be man. You know, it was Christ that... Joshua saw before he fought the battle of Jericho. I won't turn you to this passage, but in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, we're told "And it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld there stood a man over against him uh, against, uh, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and he said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he, the man, said, I am. I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? That man was Christ. It was a man that Abraham met at his tent's door. And when he said, my Lord, my Lord, if now have I if I found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. He saw him as he was, as Lord. It was that same man that Jacob wrestled with in Genesis chapter 32. I want you to see this one. Look there with me. Hold your place here in Judges. Genesis chapter 32. Look at verse 24. Genesis 32 verse 24. We're told and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he, as he wrestled with him, you know, After this encounter with the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, he never walked the same again. And neither will you. Neither will you. Verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob said, I will not let you go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. But Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. It's only the Lord that can bless. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, meaning the face of God. And he said, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. That man, Jacob wrestled, was the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you wrestling with Christ tonight? You won't prevail. Not unless he touches you and causes you to walk differently than you do. Look now at Exodus chapter 23. Verse 20, Exodus 23, <clears throat> verse 20. Here God spoke to Moses and said, in verse 20, Behold, I send an angel. Now notice that's capital A. I send an angel before thee. This isn't the Lord Jesus. I send an angel thy way before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Do you know that's something only Christ can do. He is the way. It says, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel, capital A again, shall go before thee and bring thee into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. All our enemies, our biggest enemy sin is cut off from us. In Daniel chapter 10, we're told that Daniel was mourning and praying and fasting for three full weeks. And as he sat by a great river, he lifted up his eyes. And behold, a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphag. His body also was like the barrel, the color of a gemstone, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. God doesn't reveal Christ to everyone. He said, For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Now listen, when the Lord comes to receive those who know Him, the others who don't will flee and hide themselves. But you can't hide from God. No, time and time again in the Old Testament scriptures, we find the pre-incarnated appearances Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially in our text tonight. In Judges chapter 13. So turn back there with me. Now again in verse 11. Manoah asked. Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said I am. And then look what Manoah says in verse 12. Now let thy words come to pass. (laughs) Only his words do. Exactly as he spoke them. As he promised them. No doubt in my mind that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look down at verse 17. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name, that when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor? And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? Now, in my marginal Bible, that word secret means wonderful. This man that's mistaken for an angel's name is wonderful. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. This is Christ. His name called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. My name is is secret. My name is wonderful. Now Manoah and his wife first thought this was an angel of the Lord, a created being, a messenger of God. But friends, this was the messenger of God. The messenger of God. This was the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what caused Manoah to fear for his life. How can a man see God's face and live? He said in verse 22, Manoah said unto his wife, we shall surely die. Why? Because we've seen God. Generally speaking, that's pretty much the first response of every child of God when Christ is revealed to them. We see that we in and of ourselves are worthy of nothing but death. I remember when the Lord revealed himself to me, I thought, I'm going to die. He's holy, I'm unholy. He's righteous, I'm unrighteous. But having heard the glad tidings that this messenger of God, the glad tidings that he brought, Manoah and his wife desired the angel to stay with them until they had prepared an offering for him in verse 15, excuse me. And I was thinking, isn't that the common desire of all who meet Christ? They, they want him to stay with them. Lord, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me to myself. Don't leave me. Stay with me. But if that fellowship is to be, there must first be an understanding of who he is. Look at verse 16. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, thou, though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew that he, for for Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Now, if the Lord is to be worshiped, he must first be acknowledged and worshiped as God. Sacrifice is Godward. Our Lord's Words to Manoah here were simple. If you offer a burnt offering to me, then you're saying that I am the Lord. I'm Jehovah. I'm Jesus Christ. That's the kind of language that's often employed by our Lord. You remember when that rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus and called him good master, and the Lord said to him, Why dost thou call me good? There's none good but God. In other words, if I'm good, then I'm God. And this is shown very clearly, I believe, in Manoah asking his name. The greatest desire of every believer is to know Christ personally. Paul did. Remember what he wrote? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings uh, being made conformable unto his death, Philippians 3.10. And at the time of our text, in the purpose of God, the Messiah was only known prophetically. But at the introduction of the new covenant, in which we have, every believer is going to know him. And that's why many of you are here tonight. As believers, your purpose in this life is to learn of Christ, to know him better and more intimately. When Paul said that I may know him in the amplified Bible, it says that I may know more him know him more intimately. To know him as we ourselves are known. Boy, that's a a deep thought, isn't it? That's the truth. Galatians 4.9, but now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God. <laughs> the only reason you know God is because you're known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, for now we see through a glass darkly. But then, one day, we're going to see him face to face, He said, now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. I look forward to the day of our Lord's return because I'll see him and be just like him. I'll know him even as I am known. No more mystery. No more looking through a, Welder's glasses, that's kind of what it's like if you've ever done that. I'll now see him, I'll then see him clearly. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah and said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. And we've sure seen that in our studies, haven't we? Israel did evil again and again and again. They broke this covenant. He said, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my law in their inward parts. And I'll write... My law in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. If you're here tonight trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I want for nothing. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. Now he's put his law in our hearts. He's written Him in our hearts and he's our God. And we are His people. That's why His name is wonderful. That's exactly why. It's a name that's above every name. At the name, at His name, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. What are they going to confess? Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, sir. He's Lord. God revealing these things to us, we have a better understanding as to how we see God and live. How can a man see God and live? Verse 19, so Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. Why? Because he's wonderful. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass, when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended into the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife looked on and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife than Manoah knew that he was an angel. I I might add, had probably been better translated, the angel, the messenger of the Lord. So the answer of how we can see God and live is found in the words of Manoah's wife. Look at verse 23. (laughs) But But his wife said unto him, if the Lord pleased to kill us, Manoah said, what we've seen, listen, we've seen the face of God, we're going to die because no man can look at God and live. And she said, well, if the Lord was pleased to kill us, he would not have revealed a burnt offering and meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. Here this faithful believing woman gives us three things on how we can see God. The first thing is the Lord revealed to them the burnt offering and their meat offering. The Lord revealed to him, to them, the sacrifice. He revealed to him, to them himself. They had promised to do all that he commanded, but that's not why the Lord accepted this sacrifice he accepted it because of who it represented you see only the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ you only seeing him and him alone can you see God and live right. they took the lamb and slew it they put the blood upon the altar of that makeshift altered the rock, they burnt the carcass, it was consumed. But when the fire of God's wrath came down from heaven on the Lord Jesus Christ, friends, it not only consumed the sacrifice, the sacrifice consumed the fire. (laughs) This shows us that God was satisfied and that God accepted the sacrifice. And in our text, the angel of the Lord appears in the sacrifice and ascended in the flame, showing us the same thing. God accepted the sacrifice that Manoah and his wife offered. There's only one sacrifice that the Lord will accept at your hand. And that's the sacrifice that he himself provided for you. This woman, faithful woman, Said God wouldn't have accepted our offering if He's going to kill us. We shall not die because the sacrifice did. We shall not be consumed because the sacrifice was. Friends, you and I are great sinners, there's no doubt. In our flesh dwells no good thing. Our hearts are on evil continually. Sin's what we do because sin is what we are but some have seen the sacrifice and they can look to God and live in that good news. That's the gospel. God sent our sacrifice in the world. Paul said to die the just for the unjust so that he might bring us to God. That's the only way we're going to be brought to God. We're going to be brought in justice according to God's holy and strict justice. And I'm here to tell you the night by God's grace, I've seen the sacrifice and God has accepted it. Therefore, I shall not die and neither shall you. Did Christ not bear all our sin and his body on the tree? Was Christ not wounded for our transgressions? As we read in Isaiah 53, was the Lord not bruised for our iniquities? Was it not by His stripes that we were healed? It's not the chastisement for my peace so that I might have peace and rest before God uh, upon Him. God has accepted His perfect work and sacrifice. No one for whom Christ died will perish. Perish the thought. There's nobody in hell for whom Christ died. That's blasphemy that made make Christ a failure and God a liar. And Christ is not a failure and God's not a liar. If the just one died, the unjust can't. <laughs> Those that are in him. God's justice won't permit it. The Lord Jesus Christ was in the sacrifice of Noah. The Lord Jesus Christ was the sacrifice of Manoah. And God accepted him Therefore, we shall not die. His wife said, we're not going to die. We've seen the sacrifice. We've seen who that sacrifice is. If the Lord had been pleased to kill us, would He have accepted our sacrifice? No. Manoah's wife's uh, faith was based on the sacrifice. That's where ours must be based on. Yes, sir. Not on what she had done, not on what Manoah had done, but in the sacri- but who the sacrifice typified. God only accepts the sacrifice that He Himself provides. And I love to say this, and I say it often. God provides for Himself a sacrifice, and God provides Himself as the sacrifice. That's the only way a sinner can be accepted. That's the only way that you and I can look on God's face and live. But Manoah's wife knew something else. Uh, Secondly, Manoah's wife said, he wouldn't have showed us all the things that he did. He wouldn't have revealed so many things to us if he was going to kill us. (laughs) She must have uh, assured Manoah saying, he showed himself to us. He's the one who said, take a lamb. He's the one who said it must be offered unto the Lord. He told us that He would not partake of our bread because He Himself is the bread from heaven. He, God, God's not going to accept anything that we offer with our hands. He didn't tell us to offer ourselves. He didn't tell us to offer up our hearts. He didn't tell us to offer up money. He didn't tell us to offer our work and our dedication. He told us to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. And he accepted that sacrifice. That's the very sacrifice that he himself provided. An offering unto the Lord. And not only that, he showed us himself in the sacrifice. He showed his approval of it. He showed us his acceptance of it. Friends... Has it been revealed to you that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself? Would God have shown us all these things if he meant to kill us? God has revealed his son to us and in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. How are we going to see the glory of God only with Christ being in us? Only as Christ is our sacrifice, the only sacrifice that God will accept. We dare not offer anything else, anyone else, do we? I'm not going to offer Him my heart. I'm not going to offer Him my uh, fig leaf righteousness. I'm not going to offer Him the the best fruit that I can provide at my hand. It's like Cain, God won't accept it. If God's well pleased with His Son, and He is, then God is well pleased with us in Him. God's revealed our sin unto us. The wages of sin is death, but Christ paid the debt of sin by dying for us. Would He have shown us all this if He was going to kill us? (laughs) Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of His people in this world. The Father bears witness of Him. Moses wrote of Him. The Old Testament prophets and the Psalms bore witness to Him. His righteousness, His righteous work bore witness of Him. Would have God revealed these things to us and then kill us? Would He have given us a desire to know Christ? Would uh, God have given us any confidence in Christ? If he's going to destroy us, well, that's nonsense. He would have never accepted his sacrifice if he was. And then thirdly, in the last part of verse 23, Manoah's wife says, this was a wise woman, the Lord had revealed himself to her. Her name's not mentioned, she in and of herself's insignificant. So are we. But in the last part of 23, she says, Nor would this heavenly messenger, as at this time, have told us such things as these. What did this wondrous messenger tell him? He told us we're going to have a son. He told us that I, who am barren and have no life within, is going to have life within. That's what he told us. We're going to have a son. How can the promise of a son come if we're dead? (laughs) She said, would he give us a son then kill us? Friends, would God give us his son and then kill us? Would God have made such promises to us if he had no intention of fulfilling them? The word of promise from God to Manoah and his wife was, you're going to have a son. He's going to be special. He's going to deliver Israel. And I'm going to bless him. God doesn't make any promise that he doesn't keep. He's not going to kill us. Not going to kill us. You see how relevant these things are. God sent his son into the world to save sinners. And every one of you would argue that you're the chief this this son is special. He's the God man. There's not another like him. Never has been, never will be. He's going to save his people from their sin. You know, people talk about being saved. They don't know what they're saved from. They're saved from sin. That's the promise of God to his people. He's not going to kill us. He's going to save us. <laughs> I understand that every natural born man and woman doubts. I do way too often. Shame on me. Way too often do I doubt. Abraham doubted. The father of the faith doubted. He lied about Sarah uh, being his wife since she was his sister because he was afraid of the kings of Egypt. Listen, God is the king of kings. Amen. Now, I mean, the king of Egypt is no match for him. Elijah doubted. By himself, he faced the prophets of Baal and slew them all and then ran from a woman named Jezebel and and fled and hid for his life. Peter doubted. The one who in the garden of Gethsemane pulled out his sword to defend the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whom Christ said upon this rock, I'll build my church. He was ready to defend his master with his sword against the trained army of Rome. (laughs) And now he sits by a fire and is doubted. And he doubted and he denied the Lord when a little girl asked him if he was one of the Lord's. Doubted. Doubt. Oh my. What a horrific thing. Every single one of us have doubts. But that's when we must remember the words of Manoah's wife. We're all subject to fear and unbelief. And we at our... Strongest exercise faith but we still add those words Lord help thou my unbelief because we got plenty of it there's no perfect faith our perfection is, is the object of our faith isn't that right? our faith's not perfect it's weak at best but it's who our faith is in mm-hmm. that being the Lord Jesus Christ and our hope is not In perfect faith, our hope's in a perfect sacrifice. The sacrifice that God accepted. (laughs) That's how we can see God and live. We walk by faith and not by sight. How do chosen sinners see Christ and live? Again, in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you see Christ? Has God shown and revealed Him to you? It's by His offering, by His sacrifice, by His substitution that we can see God. And that, my friends, is the gospel. If you're trusting in Christ, you and I, like Abraham, in the end, will stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief. And Paul said, and neither can you. Why? Being fully persuaded that what he promised, what God promised, he was able also, also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him. It was charged to him for righteousness. It's not on what I do. It's on what Christ did for me. Amen. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. It wasn't just for Abraham. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. May God be pleased to reveal Christ to you and to me to us more and more for God's glory, our good, and for Christ's sake.